Hey everybody, it's Don from the Anime Summit Podcast. Just wanted to give you this intro because I forgot to put a break in the episode again. But um, right now we are looking at some new sponsors from Podcorn. And that is really cool. If you guys haven't checked out Podcorn, if you are running a podcast right now and you haven't checked out Podcorn, definitely highly recommend it. Um, but anyway, uh, here's me and Noxie on AOQ14 talking about Western comics and the IDW run of TMNT. And uh, you're going to hear like a little break here and then we'll get into the episode. Anyway, love you guys. Thank you for listening every weekend. Uh, oh, please follow Project Manga. Thanks. And he's just like, dude, I'm sorry that I, I, I said that to you. And I'm yes. sorry that it, that I was trifling. And yeah. Mikey was like, dude, fall back. It ain't even like that. It ain't even like that. We good. Say, playing, say no yeah. more. You know what I'm saying? Dap me up. Let me get my pizza. I'll see you next Tuesday. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to the Anime Summit Podcast. It's your favorite host of the most, Dom the Bomb. Of course, every week. And you know what? I don't got Nick and Danny with me today, but that's okay. I only have one person with me today, and that is, of course, Brother Knox from <laughs> Project Manga Podcast. Yo, yo. What's going on? Glad to be back. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, we had it's been to... been a while. We had to, Okay, because here's what happened. Yeah. You... And for anyone who's listening right now and want to join this Discord, you absolutely should. Um, there's this Discord that Noxie invited me to that he started called Comics HQ. Mm-hmm. And it's just Western comics. And he's got them all categorized. Like, we got Valiant Comics, IDW Image, Marvel DC... There's a book club, then there's all like the miscellaneous channels where we talk about whatever. Yeah. It's great. And I'm like, you know what? I haven't read Western comics in a while, but I want to be anything. I want to be a part of anything that, that Knox is a part of. And hey, thank you. anytime like he invites me to something, I just like, I, why wouldn't I want to go along? It's just, shit's tight. And we want you to be there. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for the plug, sister. And I just like. I'm like, you know, I got a lot, a lot of these comics I was reading in the channel section. I was like, I got a lot of these. I totally forgot that I started reading a lot of these. Mm-hmm. And Noxie at the time had been, like, t- telling everyone, read TMNT. Y'all don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, I totally forgot this existed. Let me, let me peep game. And I started literally, like, I don't know, a week and a half ago, and I'm already on volume eight of, like, the collected yeah edition so that's what we're talking about today except we are just talking about volumes one and two we'll do some non-spoiler discussion and some spoiler discussion and then um the goal is to get you to start reading the idw run of tmnt because it's just absolutely teenage mutant ninja turtles and let me just start off by saying this right now you're probably going over there listening right now going Oh, Salmonox here in the Western comics? I didn't know that. Well, you're a bitch, number one. Number two, <laughs> of course we are. Fucking nerds. Um, yeah. I just haven't read them in a while. You know, uh, and of course, Noxie has been the catalyst to get me back into everything, starting with manga. So, Ooh. like, why don't you talk about... Well, I know for me, I've been reading them on and off since I was a kid, right? Because sure. uh, the, the store where we would get Pokemon cards, I would get comics from. 
And yeah. my first ever comic was, and I don't remember the issue number, but it was, uh, it basically was like the, it was the comic before uh, Onslaught was going to like show up. It was an X-Men comic. Oh, wow. And yeah, basically they find the Bishop and Psylocke yep. find the Juggernaut just knocked out in the middle of the city. And they're like, what happened? He's like, dude, is that the Juggernaut? It's like, how can you even do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. I think the, the, the little slogan on the front of the comic was, who stopped the Juggernaut? Because it was yeah. just like, how? And they woke yeah. him up, and he woke up in a, in, a, in a fritz. Like, oh, my God, he's coming for me. We got to run. And they, Bishop knocks him out, of course. Oh, yeah. And the guy gets him to calm down. He's like, okay, calm That's down. Guy. Who's coming, dude? And then the last panel is literally Juggernaut just going onslaught. Yeah. That was my first comic. Then I got back into him when I started reading or when I started playing Hero Clicks in high school. Ooh. And I still yes. Yeah. I still play once in a while. And it's really okay. fun. Um there's actually Turtles Clicks, by the way, too, and I think they made them because of the IDW comics and then when Nickelodeon acquired them. So like yeah. and then also um, I wonder if there's a uh, tabletop simulator for Hero Clicks because it's like I want to play Hero Clicks, but I, my son is at that age where he just wants to grab everything and bring them to places you don't know about. <laughs> yeah. so, so I'd rather not have that yeah. happen to me. <laughs> yeah, right. I bet you there is, and I'll, I'll look after yeah. this. And mm-hmm. um, then I got really into Image Comics. I got really into Kick-Ass, really into Mark Miller yes. stuff. Yes, um, Mark Miller was in his bag with Kick-Ass, and just in like that whole time period, I feel like he was doing a lot of really good shit. Superior, Nemesis... Uh yeah, those were that was like early two thousands, right? So he was still in the Ultimate Universe over at Marvel, doing yeah. like X Men and and Spider Man and Fantastic. It was like it shit. was like late two thousands, I think, when he did Nemesis. Oh, sure. But yeah, Kick Ass was like like mid earlier two thousands because the movie I think came out two thousand eight or two thousand seven or something. Right, right. But um, yeah, Wanted was like two thousand seven, two thousand six. But like. Yeah, really into I'm so my favorite superhero. If you tell me, ask me right now, it is Kickass. And although nice. that's like kind of changing right now, reading TMNT. But anyway, Noxie, like, what's your experience with comics? And like, what's your what's your favorite shit right now? What was your what was your shit growing up? Like, what was your stuff? Sure, yeah. Um, I've been reading comic books just you know just like you since I was a kid. Pretty much since I could learn how to read. One of my earliest memories, maybe even my earliest memory is me holding a comic in my hand. Amazing Spider-Man, number two. First appearance of the Vulture. Jesus. My grandmother, um, yeah, my, well, my grandmother used to send me uh, care packages from Chicago with, like, old-ass comics in it. You know what I mean? Like, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, like, era Marvel comics. And there was some DC in there, too, but I gravitated towards the, the Marvel comics, um, like you're talking like golden age, like late golden age Ditko stuff, and yeah. So like you have uh, the ages are a little bit different um, in Marvel, like compared to like DC, because like DC was like the first superheroes or whatever oh, superhero right. action comics, right? So like that's golden age, like 40s to like you know 50s or whatever, and then Silver Age like 50s to 70s. I don't remember exactly how the brackets work off the top of my head, but yeah, it was like 60s, 1965 to you know. 1970 you know whatever Ditko Lee Kirby era and then you know I gravitated to Spider-Man as most kids did Um, but then outside of that once I started reading more comics I um, gravitated towards X-Men and the Fantastic Four so 
those were like my three properties, you know, throughout my entire life that, that I read the most, you know what I mean? So I've been, I've been reading comics forever, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I really low key used to hate, uh, used to hate Superman. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> just like everyone else, you know, it's like, oh, well, nothing can beat him. He's powerful or whatever. Yeah, you think he's lame. You're yeah. like, this, this can't, the, the stories can't be good. And then you read All Star Superman and you're like, oh, wait a minute. No, this is an incredible character. <laughs> right, yeah. I need to read like way more of this character. Yeah. So that's, that's what did it for me with Superman. Otherwise, I was in the same boat. I was like, fuck this guy. He's a douche. Yeah. Looks like a douche. Probably acts like a douche. It's too strong. And then it's got I, too many things. I remember yeah. there was this big tournament for Hero Clicks, and it was, I think it was just like a win a win a a win a box or a win a case, which is yeah, or no a brick, which is ten boosters, which is there's four figures or five figures in each booster. Um, well, it used to be four, now it's five. Um, but like uh, this was right when they changed to five, right when they started adding the cards, <coughs> mm, mm-hmm. and. Somebody, you could use any team you wanted. It didn't have to be, there was no limit. It was like unlimited format or whatever. So somebody brought a Superman, a version of the Superman of from Kingdom Come. Oh, sure. Yeah. And the I Alex was, Ross one. Yeah. Oh, was it like super high detailed, like Alex Ross art? It was like, pretty it good. Like a, it was, was it like photorealism? Those sculpts, <laughs> those sculpts are super rare. Like they're really yeah. fucking rare. Yeah. And it was, wow. it was so cool. And I was like, why does this Superman look like? What's the story between this Superman? Yeah. Because there's the Kingdom Come power in on in right. Hero Clicks, and mm. I remember him explaining it to me, and I was just like, "That's amazing! Like it's badass!" And yeah. I've been into Superman ever since. But yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, Kingdom Come is a great first Superman story because it's a deconstruction almost for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, it's an Elseworlds book that like shows you the kind of Superman. You know, and the kind of, you know, superheroes, period, that you just wouldn't see in, like, mainline continuity. Right? Yeah. So, like, for everybody that, like, you know, because everybody's heard of Superman. It's the most recognizable, one of the most recognizable characters in, in pop culture and just history. You know what I mean? So, like, and you all, everyone, you know, and their mom knows the this kind of the story of Superman at this point. So, like, jumping into Kingdom Come and seeing, you know, that version of Superman for your first time in comic book form could be really interesting to a lot of people to to know that there's that side of Superman available. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I love it. I highly recommend for anyone who hasn't read yeah, it yet. Absolutely. But anyway, let's get to the task at hand. <laughs> Dude, Waifu and his bando is this. Waifu and his bando of the week is Shredder and, and Splinter. Kitsune! I was going to say... Oh, wait. Sh- <laughs> Shredder and who? And Splinter, because... Oh. <laughs> they're obsessed with each other. But no, dude, yeah, let's That's do That's hilarious. <laughs> no, I agree, though. Shredder and Kitsune yeah. are Casey and April. Like That's the power couple. That's that's the power couple. Dude, yeah. The brains and the brawn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah, dude. Let's, let's dive in. Let's jump into it. Now, I'll say yeah. this. My experience with TMNT is... The uh, actually, I've seen probably every cartoon show up to like, up to like the. I didn't watch much of the 3D Nickelodeon one. Yeah, I did watch some of the newest Nickelodeon one. That that one is actually like the animation in that's super sick. Um, oh, okay, but like my favorite one is probably the 2003 one. Um, I really yeah, like right, the 2003 right. cartoon. 
Absolutely. And um, the movies, the the live action movies, uh, and the new live action movies, which I'll get to in a little bit here. Um, yeah. A lot I people- feel like that's the sweet spot, though. I feel like I feel like if you have like for the IDW run on TMNT specifically that we're going to be discussing tonight, I feel like. It's gonna like it's it's just a good story, period. You know, even if you're not a fan of TMNT. Yes. But like I feel like the sweet spot is if you have very like light experience it, with Teenage Mutant Ninja. And Turtles. that's exactly I've had I have had just right. the average experience. Right. Plus right. the toys. That's perfect. Like I've had the toys, yeah. you know. And yeah. for someone in for someone in my age range, in my generation, who grew up with those toys and movies, that, that I've had that that average experience. And like so going into this um, you know, <laughs> boy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, what, it's what, some shit. It's it is. It, well, so what was your experience? Was it like mine, or were you like, yeah? I, I mean, um, I like, it was, so it was I, pretty similar. I, I will say that I read some of the original Eastman ones when I got way older, but I never, I never like did. continued with them. Yeah, um, I never, I never did. I never read any of the of the original Mirage comics. Um, I'm pretty sure they were over at uh, Archie too for a little bit. Um, yeah, there's, an Ar- never, there's like Archie World, yeah. Yeah, I never I never did anything like that. My experience was very average, you know what I mean? Like I um I had toys, you know what I mean, because my parents were fans, you know, to a certain degree. So they'd be like, check out I think I I think I was introduced to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in toy form and then um you know, my parents had the movies on VHS and yeah. um that was about it until the 2003 TV show on on Fox Kids, right? I think Saturday morning. I think is where it was uh, syndicated. The 2003 one? Yeah. Fox yeah. Kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So, so yeah. Other than that, you know what I mean? And I, and I never, like, actually watched the Michael Bay movies. You know what I mean? Like, I, I knew they existed. They would be on in the background. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody else was watching TV. And I'd be like, oh, cool, Turtles. And I'd watch right. for a little bit. Right. Go back on my phone or whatever. It was never the kind of investment that I... Um, you know, that I, I find myself in now with the IDW run. And I've kind of become something of, you know, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles evangelist, you know, on, on like Twitter and shit. Like I'm constantly trying to bring people into the fold and show them this incredible iteration of this of this intellectual property. Right. You know what I mean? So I feel like the world needs to see this shit. They need to read this shit. If you're a comic book fan, period. If you're if, if you like to read anything. You know what I mean? And if you're not even a comic fan, like, there's something here for everybody. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, because I, and, and I haven't been on Twitter for um, a couple of years now. And so yeah. I was literally just watching Noxie talk about it on the Discord. And he was even going yeah. to, in the Project Manga Discord and saying, uh, One Piece sucks. You should go read this instead. You know, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't say that. But, like, like you know, for real, though. Hey, 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 depending, depending on my mood, I might, you know, be, be liable to say some shit like that, you know, depending on how I'm feeling at any given moment. Because there are peaks inside of my original reading of, of IDW Turtles where I was like, this is the tightest shit I've ever read. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, yeah. you know, that's that's recency bias, you know, defined. But, Who you know, like, I was... <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was I was throwing it up there with like everything like in the in the in the heat of the moment, you know what I mean? And a lot of those feelings have stayed. You know what I mean? Like once once the dust settles, you know what I mean, and 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 the recency bias kind of goes away, I still consider it the best ongoing indie comic that I'm reading right now. Honestly, it's it's and I I have to pick up Deadly Class again 
because I found my deadly <laughs> class. I found my deadly class comics, but right now, currently, it is the greatest like comic I'm reading right now. And I was reading True. TMNT and Power Rangers crossover, um, which. Oh yeah, I haven't done that one. I I have the first like three issues, and I think there's like five okay. or six. But okay, um, that was really cool. Um, it's actually pretty sweet, and I I wonder if they're going to be included in these compendiums. I don't think they are, right? Are they? Um, no, I don't think the Power Rangers Ninja Turtles crossover is canon. Okay, yeah, so I don't think it would be it collected. Uh, the only things that are collected in like the the IDW collection are the things that are actually canon to the overarching narrative. So, oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, so like sense. the Batman TMNT crossover, I don't think is canon. And the Power Rangers TMNT crossover, I don't think is canon either. Okay. So by the way, that's yeah. what Noxie had me read you guys was the trade paperback, the, the collected. Um, so it's got like, it's got like, um, probably like 380 some pages in each book worth of, so like yeah, there's like it's they're chunky they're chunky they're chunky yeah. they're like it's like three fifty to like four sixty I think is the range that you'll see yeah and then you have like the main run of issues it's like you have like the main line you know um, story of TMNT and that's just issue one to like I think we're at one nineteen or one twenty now yeah uh, actually I think it's one nineteen so you have one to one nineteen and then. On the side, you have all of these micro-series, you have all of these spin-offs, you have all of these tie-ins and all of these, you know, um, extra events that are all canon. And the IDW collection, you know, bakes those into the compendium for you in chronological order. So, yeah. you know, like like if, you're fo- if you were following it from the beginning, you would get like an issue a month of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, issue number one through whatever. And then, like, on the side, like, bi-weekly you would get micro-series or weekly you would get, you know, some other kind of lore-related or, you know, overarching um, narrative-related spinoff. Right. And then, and then following that, you know, would be pretty hectic. But luckily, you know, trade paperbacks and compendiums, you know, they, they take all of that after they've come out and they put them, you know, in a collection for you in chronological order. So you don't have to worry about all that shit. Right. So, for example, the first volume has like 12 issues plus mm-hmm. like five micro stories one's you know one's just called a lot to learn one's Raphael, yep. one's michelangelo one you know later you when you get later into the volumes you'll see that there's like ones that just kind of focus on a character and they're kind of narrating the the right. story and then you'll get to like issue number 15 right and then they'll say something like oh yeah back when so and so happened, right? And it'll right. it'll they'll leave, there's a little author's note that references it, so you can be like, yeah, they oh, give shit. you that, um, they give you that narration, that like skinny yellow, you know, narration box mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, peep, you know, TMNT issue number fifteen. If you want context on this, you know, you see that in comic books all the time. Yeah, yeah, they're really trying to build a universe. You know what I mean? Like they, they really, really care about this shit, bro. Like the passion that you can feel. In, in the IDW run of TMNT, and I haven't, you know, read, you know, Mirage or Archie or whatever, but everyone that I've talked to about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that is familiar with all of the other um, branches or all the other arms of the of the property, all they all say that IDW is the quintessential, you know, definitive Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, run. You know what I mean? It really and, is. And, I, and, and I, I can't argue with it, one, because I haven't read anything else, and two... Because I'm just fucking head over heels in love with this shit right now. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And comparing it to, like, the lore that I have followed and thought was one way, it's always been kind of the same. In like, the way it was for me was I thought that Splinter was 
a rat just copying ninja shit, and then he found right. Some that's turtles. what I remember. Yeah, and yes. th- and then he found some ooze from TGRI, and it mutated yeah. them. And right. his master, his master was Hamato Yoshi, but originally right. Splinter is Hamato Yoshi, and we'll explain that later. But like, right. Anyway, yes. I just want to say this right now: reincarnation trope done right. Fucking crazy. You know what I'm gonna say I'm, I'm not going to spoil like too much about it because I know we're in the non-spoiler like area right now. But like it does, it, it's 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 a reincarnation plot, and it's not like whatever you'd think from that because I right. know that there is um a, you know a lot of like criticism like revol- um uh, surrounding that um that storytelling mechanism right and uh just historically and and you know to think about it i was actually talking with my buddy scott one time in a group chat and like i can't even like think of too many stories that even use the reincarnation angle you know what i mean like off the top of my head obviously they exist you know what i mean but like it's not something where very many instances of that being like a massive narrative point come to mind reincarnations in a lot of things but like it being like one of the primary themes of a series i feel like that's pretty rare well also because people are afraid that like it's people are worried that it's like if they do it right yeah that people are gonna say like oh that's a cop out or whatever right 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 it's, it's easy which is very easily get to that because people have done that you know where they've been yeah. like oh by the way here's uh Here's uh, Dom from Fast and Furious. Even though we killed him five times, he's reincarnated. You know what I mean? Like that's why. There's, <laughs> yeah. That's why there's 20 movies now. But like, right. <laughs> I, mean, I have no idea what the story of Fast and Furious looks like. I've only ever watched the first two movies, and I like just do have not cared about the franchise since no, then. So no, I mean, yeah, I watched the first three, and that was enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like, just to summarize really quick. Yeah. The 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 way it starts is Raphael's missing. Like he don't you don't even start with Raphael. It starts with the three and Splinter. Yeah. And um within like the first volume, within the, the first four or five issues, you you see that the Turtles and Splinter were lab experiments at Stockgen. And April interns there and she names the turtles those names. And yeah. because she's like a Renaissance like era like major or whatever, I think is what we find out. Like she had been her, currently taking art. art history at that time too. Yeah, yeah, and, that's right. And so, a Renaissance history, I think. Yeah, and yeah, something like that. Yeah, and so then some shit goes down. The turtles get out, and then a cat, a fucking street cat, nabs <laughs> Raphael away from. Uh, Splinter yeah. and the other three, and they it, they get thrown in with some ooze, some of the mutagen. Right. Yes, and that's how it happens. And then, yeah, what's great about it is like there's a point where they reunite with April, and it's it's really nice. It's it's um, it's so good. It's it is so good. And here's what I love about like that beginning of the story is because like I don't know if this is explained at all in any other iteration of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles but like when you meet the turtles no matter when you meet them you know what these personalities are 
Leonardo's the meditating leader, Michelangelo's like the stoner pizza eater, like skateboarder guy. And then, yeah, Donatello, you know, is the techie kid. And then Raphael is the hothead loner. Like, I've always known that, but never knew why. I just was like, these are just the character archetypes that they chose for these characters. But IDW's run on TMNT gives you that context as to why Raphael is the hothead loner. He had to grow up after a mutation away from everybody else. You know what I mean? He... He, he was, he was, they, they got doused in the ooze, the cat picked him up, brought him away from everyone else, Splinter took the other three turtles back to home base, they mutated, they all grew up, and then like, a long time goes by where Raphael is just out there alone, before they're, before they're reunited. Grew up on the streets. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's on the streets, you know, he's in the trenches, you know what I'm saying, fighting for his life, you know what I mean? What so it's like, do? yeah, giving, giving that context to why Raphael is the way that he is is just so massive, was so massive to me when I was reading it for the first time. Also, a fucking normal human looks at him and they freak out, so, like, he has to hide yeah, right, all the time. Right, Like, Yep, you know. absolutely. The the IDW run on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it, it gives you everything that you remember um, or even love about, about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles while also bringing in these new ideas that all fit inside of this this cohesive storyline. They, you know what I mean? they like, took existing lore from yes, literally every property, the 2003 cartoon, yes, the fucking, yes. the original three movies, the, uh, the yes. 80s cartoon, the figures even. Yes. And just, and they, it's just a fully realized version. And just a renewed realized version. Yes. Yes. I, and not only that, the way they did it was like, okay, well, in order to do this story, good. Yeah. We're going to have to do sci-fi, fantasy, uh, history action, martial arts action. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got to throw in a little romance. Obviously, we got comedy. Don't worry. Mike's the comic relief. And we also got to yeah. throw in a little bit of uh, time travel. Like, yes. You, it's wild. Like, you get this massive breadth of, of, of storytelling. And it's pretty, like you were saying, it's pretty much every genre in one series or at least, you know, a massive handful or two of them. You know what I mean? But it never feels... Like, it's too much. No. Like, the pacing is pretty much perfect. You never feel, um, you know, inundated by by the very high number of concepts and just overall moving parts. There's a calming balance in the series in that way that is, is just very impressive to see in a series like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because there is a stigma there. You know what I mean? When I try to tell people, you know read IDW TMNT and you're like the, the turtle ninjas and it's like yeah it's like the children's show and it's like no yeah but like no you know what I mean and it's it's very hard because people just assume that it's just like an old head intellectual property and that it can't be that good and that it's just for something nostalgic for old heads to overhype you right. know or something like that and it's like no it's a good story first and foremost it's an incredible story First and foremost. Right. You know what I mean? And then, if you were a fan, if you were a fan, you get all kinds of, you know, fan service and, and nods, you know what I mean, to your time as a fan. You know what I mean? The original creators are involved to a certain degree. You got Kevin Eastman writing a great deal of the beginning of the series and still, you know, involved in a lot of the decision making in the current story. Um, he even does uh, a lot of the art for the series. He'll draw entire chapters for annuals. He'll um, he'll draw variant covers. He's very involved. Peter Laird isn't as involved because of their, you know, very weird history that you can look into. But Peter Laird has come back into the fold recently to do things like Last Ronin with Kevin Eastman. You know what I mean? So the passion 
inside of the project is um is incredible and you get incredible artists all okay so this is one of my favorite things about idw tmnt is that you get like rotating artists you know what i mean oh like, you yeah have so many yeah, yeah. You have, sorry yeah, i you have, totally skipped over that yeah yeah, yeah yeah you have yeah you have so many art like you have a different artist pretty much every arc you know what i mean and i'm not gonna lie you know what i mean like some of the artists you know leave you know a little bit to be desired but you have incredible artists that come in like mateus santaluco santaluco um, dude santaluco the art the art jumps off the page you know what i mean like I, it, it it jumps at you i just like, i can't believe it yeah the and then you have is like and also yeah. they keep the they keep that roughness and splatter mm-hmm. of like the original mirage comics sure and it's just like they don't have to do that i i don't think santa right. lucas art really needs that but right they, he still does it and it just oh yeah yeah fire fire then you have you have artists like sophie campbell who brings a very um soft human you know aesthetic to the turtles you know what i mean they 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 seem smoother they they have more human features and and facial expressions you know what i mean so it's it's very good for you know those introspective arcs like northampton um which we can talk about later in the um in the in the spoiler section if we ever get to it and you also have artists like david peterson i don't know um, if you, yeah, you've definitely seen David Peterson right now. He's the one with the very, um, I don't know if he's a colorist as well, but like, he's the one that has the very dull colors, you know, and, and the less human features inside of the turtles. Yeah, he has like really yep, strong, I've... bulky anatomy. It looks a lot like the Mirage version, but just like a little bit more refined and updated for the times. Yeah. 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 Amazing, uh, amazing list of, of, of artists on the project. This is my first experience with Sophie Campbell, by the way. And I love, I love it. She's, her oh. art style is really cool. It's really nice. Might be my favorite artist at the end of the day on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's really if I'd have ref- gun to my head, I'd probably choose Sophie. It's really it's I, I really I like Ben Bates as well, who did fifteen six like did they did fifteen I know they did they did um eighteen, seventeen. I like Ben Bates. I love uh Paul McCaffrey who did Fugitoid, the first Fugitoid. Ooh, um, the Fugitoid, the first Fugitoid story, the art was fire. I remember being like, so oh, good. shit, okay, the art's getting kind of crazy now. Right. <laughs> it's so good. And it's refreshing, yeah. too. It's super yeah. refreshing. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. we're in a new arc. Like, they chose these artists on purpose for, like, they, right. they were like, okay, we're doing the City Fall arc. This is going to be some crazy shit. Who 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 we doing? We need Mateus Santaluco. We need Santaluco. Call him up. Call Santaluco. Get him on the phone. <laughs> I wanted pictures of Spider-Man yesterday. Like, it's it's so amazing. And like the Northampton yeah. arc, things are they're they're trying to get away. They're trying to settle down. Sophie Campbell, right? And it's yeah. just like it's perfect. It's, it it always makes sense. And let me tell you this too. Let me tell you this: the whole blend of genre things, right? Right. It's like it's not that it can't be done. It's just right. rare that it's good when it is done. Right. But how do you make it this good? This is it's one in ten thousand. Yeah, for Good. real. No, no, no. You are spinning right now, Sam, because it's like it, it's the decision making. You know what I mean? It's it's you look at the project, you look at the history of the IP, and you go, okay, what worked, what didn't, and it feels like they went, okay, let's grab everything that worked, put it over here. Let's grab everything that didn't work. Do we use it? We don't have to, but if we do want to use it, how can we improve it so that it fits over here in this other pile? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for example, like you have. All of the old characters 
you know what I mean, you know, that that you remember from yes. from any experience that you have with TMNT. But then the new characters fit right in as if they've always been there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I legitimately, when I was reading the series for the first time, I was reading about new characters that have never been in comic book form or in television form in any kind of way. And I just remember going like, oh, yeah, these are probably just characters that have always been there and I didn't know. But then also people that I put on to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that started reading it was like, oh, yeah, I saw my guy Hob. Yeah, I remember Hob. And it's like, no, you don't, because that's a brand new character. Right. (laughs) That's a brand new character for IDW. You know what I mean? So it's like they feel perfect in the story. They fit right in. They do. they've always been there. And I had to look it up, too, because I thought Hob was an old character, too, just thinking he's he's a figure. But no, he's not. He's not. He's brand new to IDW, right? And they introduce him right away. He's right away in the beginning. So it's like. Right. I think think that's why you think he's always been there, because it's like, why would you start the series with brand new characters in any kind of capacity? Why wouldn't you want to kind of nod? you know, to the people who have been here the whole time or whatever. That's kind of like how I was thinking about it. But yeah, man, it's perfect in that way. And you never look, I'm, I'm eight volumes in right now. Yeah. You never question. You never, there's never been a moment where I was reading and I was like, okay, but wait, what about this thing that happened? Right. You never do that. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's, it's too cohesive, too good to be true. Like I, it's too just, good to be true is the perfect statement. How do you do that? <laughs> right. Right. And it's wild because they did hit the lottery with this one. And it's so impressive that like, or it, I don't, well, yes, impressive, but it's like almost like mind blowing that like this IP is getting this treatment because like I was saying, like they want to build this massive universe and, and, and this overarching narrative and they succeed with top marks and like every decision that I feel like they want to make, like all of the characters, like you, everyone gets deep and and nuanced character arcs. You know what I mean? If you have a favorite character, they're for sure getting hella shine and spotlight. Oh, if yeah. you meet a new character you're interested in and go, hmm, I hope we get more from them later. You absolutely will. Even the fucking pizza guy gets growth and development. Yeah. Even the pizza guy, Woody, Woody, the guy who gives Michelangelo his pizza, gets a fucking character arc. You know what I mean? And and the character arcs vary. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like none of the characters go through similar things personally. Like, inside of, the, inside of the Turtles specifically, it's like, okay, it's like a coming of age story for them inside of the team. But then individually, they go on very different character journeys. You know what I mean? And outside of the main cast, you have characters going through arcs like, you know, that touches on things like sentience and existentialism, revenge, um, excessive parenting. Um, moral quandaries. Moral quandaries. You get characters with like checkered past trying to redeem themselves. You literally get like everything inside of this beautiful cast of characters, and it doesn't stop. Like the the quality. Like okay, so like the first volume is a very good introductory volume. It lets you know everything you need to know. It does everything it needs to do. It's not and and it does have everything you want. It's got action. It's got it's compelling the whole time. You know, but like the first volume and then even going into the second volume, you know, some people can say, I didn't think so. But some people say, you know, it's kind of slow. So I have to tell them, once you get to that last arc of the second volume, the story takes off. And it's just infinitely increasing quality from that point on. It just keeps going up and up. And even when you think it can't get any better, it doubles down and goes, oh, you thought? Okay, well, here you go. And then it throws another wild arc at you that... And it's not just wild for wild's sake. It's not just action for action's sake. Like, you assume a lot 
about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, even if someone tells you to forget everything about it before you go into it, there's still that like back of the mind stigma there that tells you it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, man. But yeah. once you get three, four, five volumes in, you're like, this is not your dad's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know what I mean? And no. it's one of the best feelings ever because even though I went into it with what I consider to be, you know, a clean slate, like I still felt myself around every corner where I thought I could predict something going, no, they, they zagged where I thought they would zig. You know what I mean? And, and the predictability, the, the, the predictability of the series is, is insane. You know what I mean? Because like it, it raises the stakes and it lets wild things happen that, you know, will go back to normal, like characters, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to spoil anything, but like whatever drastic things happens that you think can't be permanent, even if it's not permanent, you know what I mean? The, 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 the impact from those moments and from those arcs lasts for a long time and changes characters permanently. So even though we knew, Oh yeah, this character was definitely going to do this or this character, you know, I don't want to, once again, I don't want to spoil too much. Like the execution is so well done and it creates so many new plot points that it's totally fine, even inside of the things that are predictable. Now there is a great deal of things that aren't predictable inside of TMNT. There's going to be a lot of times where you are positive that you know how something is going to go. And then it's going to, it's going to flip the script on you and you're going to go, holy shit. But then there's also times where you're going to go, okay, I knew this was going to happen, but it's still nuanced. You know what I mean? It still yeah. has extra things that you weren't expecting on top of it. And that is just something that shows a incredible self-awareness inside of the creative team. Not only of just the history of the IP, but also just the history of fictional storytelling in general. You know what I mean? And that's something that you just don't expect from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Absolutely. Absolutely. Spot on. Spot yeah. on. It just like... Had to go in. It, that's that's literally... And I literally don't know, after you listen to this, I literally don't know how you don't start it after that. But like... <laughs> it just... It, it's too... The, the, the amount of care and the amount of attention, especially with somebody who had just the average knowledge, like right. Maxi and I did, um, yeah. there are things that I, when I was reading it too, I was like, oh, that's, that's in the first movie. Oh, that's, that's, they, they right. did that from the cartoon show. Like, yes, whatever. Right. They took, yes. uh, they took the grittiness from the original comics, except didn't put too much. So that right. way the comic relief still worked. Right. The funny part still worked. And absolutely. And they took just the great, the good feeling of, of the good guys winning from the movies, the cartoon show. And other yeah. little details just all over the place. And yeah. they're still the characters you love, just told in this greater, more expanded story. Yes. And it's just fucking nuts. Yes. And, and it's not just the same story arcs over and over either. Like no. IDW knows how and when to move on so that you never get that, you know, cheesy or or campy feeling, right? Because the stakes are always high, but it's balanced, you know? Like if you get too dark or too edgy then it won't feel like turtles anymore. But if you turn up the camp too much, then it become too much like the children's show. And it goes back to what I was saying. There's a calming balance throughout the entire series in every way that it can get crazy in one direction or another. There's balance there. Yeah. And it's, it's just beautiful. <laughs> and I will say this too. So 
I watched the Paramount movies, the new, the two live action ones. There's another one coming out from Paramount that Michael Bay is directing. I heard, or Michael Bay Seth is Rogen is. With Seth Rogen is producing it. Really? I thought it was. I thought it was Michael Bay producing Seth Rogen. It could. It could be that. It could be that. It could be the, the opposite. But, but I think I, they're doing. And, and I don't know CG anything again. about it. I just heard about it today. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember, but I'm excited for it. But yeah, like, yeah, for sure. I was excited for those movies, the Michael Bay ones. Mm-hmm. Everybody else thought that it looked stupid. I thought I, it looked fine. I thought and it I was looked, a big Transformers fan for the first couple movies too. So I was like, yeah. all right, Michael Bay, do your thing on Turtles too. Let's see it. Same, same. And yeah. so the the turtle origin story in the movie yeah. is I I thought it was kind of dumb. Um, at least just with the ninjutsu part, like how they learn ninjutsu. I I, I thought that part was kind of lame. Yeah. Um, but in terms of them being in a lab and April naming them, yes, and that is they took it from this comic. Oh damn! Yeah, because yeah. because when did the when did the uh, original Michael Bay movies come out? Like two thousand fourteen. Oh yeah, they for sure snatched that. Yeah, they were <laughs> trying to adapt the origin story from this comic, except wow. And I think just I, goes to show the movies want to take this material and adapt it. So right, and so you know I think I think what the plan was because they did so poorly. Yeah, the movies did poorly. I think the plan was is was to adapt more of the origin story later and that would have explained why splinter and shredder know each other known in jitsu or whatever the fuck but they didn't get a chance to do that obviously so but like in this comic it's really good um and i and it kind of makes me sad that they didn't do another a third movie of it um because bebop and rocksteady in the second movie are literally like one of my favorite parts about it it's so good bro they're so fucking funny that is like one of the um, my favorite things about the IDW run on Ninja Turtles is because they made Bebop and Rocksteady credible threats. They oh, yeah. made them wildly capable inside of this series. So like like when I was watching, you know, the 2003 adaptation and anything else that I had seen, um, Bebop and Rocksteady were like the meathead idiot like buddy cop duo. Team you know Rocket, what I mean? like yeah, Team Rocket type shit. You know what I mean? And that was fine for back then. But then you go into TMNT IDW and you, you're introduced to not only do they have an incredible origin story, um, but all, like everyone does. <laughs> but um, but like also you're like, OK, here's the meathead dumb duo that is just going to be comedic relief and, you know, fucking try to try to run at it. But they both try to run at a turtle uh, at a turtle from opposite sides. And then the turtle backflips and then they fucking headbutt each other and fall over and then they're defeated. That's like how it was all the time in the older you know, in the in the old show and, and in the older comics, I want to say, or maybe even in you know other other areas of of in, adaptation. In the but Super in the comic, Nintendo, in the Super yeah. Nintendo version of uh, Turtles in Time, that's how you beat them. By the way, really, you make them run into each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you make them run into each other. You, know, you <laughs> see that? You see that in IDW TMNT? You know, yes. I mean? so you still get that, but like they're still wildly capable. You they're know fun, what I mean? Like they nuts. actually they get shit done as villains, even though they're dumb. You know what I mean? And Which like is that also like can add to the danger, decision. right? You got two Absolutely. dummies with a lot of power. Like there's the stakes. It, it all goes into the stakes. It all connects perfectly. It all feels amazing the entire time. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. So wait, hold on a second. I gotta get reminded here. I'm, I'm kind of yeah. clicking around. Sure. What are the arcs in the first two? We have the 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 beginning, right? And then yep. What's the? Um. Yeah. So like in the first volume, I'm just looking here. It's pretty much all origin or build um, up. It, 
Yeah, it's pretty much all initial world building. So, like, you get, like, most of this first volume is going to be, like, issue 1 through whatever. I think it's issue 1 through 12. And then you get um, the Leonardo micro... You get the uh, the Splinter Micro. Donatello. You get the the Michelangelo and Raphael, and I think I don't think you get the Donatello Micro in this first volume. I think you might get it in the second, but um, but yeah, it's it's literally just like character building, world building, um, initial series plot line narrative establishment, like yeah. it should. And then you go into volume two. <laughs> you go into volume two, okay, and then you start getting. Um, you know, the Casey Jones micro and then continuing mainline run issues. And then you get the Fuji, the Fugitoid, uh, you know, like stuff with, um, with all that. But then towards the end of the volume, you, the last arc is the secret history of the Foot Clan. And this is one of the biggest world building arcs oh my God. in the whole series. It literally like from, from, from the last arc of the second volume, the series skyrockets into an area that can be considered peak fiction. Like, it literally just continues from the end of Volume 2, from Volume 3, Volume 4 on, and you just get consistently increasing quality. It's also the first time you see Matteo Santaluco art, and then he does... That is also the first time you see Matteo Santaluco art, and let me tell you right now, this man was in his bag in the Secret History arc with the art and the pencils. I don't know if he colors them too, um, note colors by uh, Joro Azatona Wiera. So shout out to them because the colors, fucking it, the nuts. colors perfectly complement the pencils. So and nutty. It just brings you into a completely different tone for the total for the ter- for the, for TMNT aesthetically. But then the storytelling inside of Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz perfectly matches the potency of the art. So you just have this entirely new um you know situation inside of tmnt that you weren't ready to get to you know what i mean it's a it's a very drastic pivot it's a very drastic um turning point in the storytelling because it's all it's like uh when luffy first goes gear second in one piece it's like you know um you know whatever other drastic pivot or turning point you can think of inside of a popular fictional series that you might be familiar with it's like that moment and it's very early and then there's like nine more volumes after that, ten more volumes after that, and it just keeps getting better and building off of that. You know what I mean? It's it's some of the coolest shit I ever saw in comics, to be honest with you. And I don't know if that's just because of the actual quality itself, or if it's because I was expecting something less from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or what. But it was just like a perfect storm. It's lightning in a bottle, in my opinion. Amazing. Yeah. Actually, lightning in a bottle is probably the best way to say it. Yeah. It literally is. The the history, the secret history of the Foot Clan is... Oh, my God. Like, it's just like... <laughs> the, look, the, 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 like if the art wasn't already bringing it to life, to literally right. show you what the fuck is up, to quote Master Splinter, because um, <laughs> he says... I already know what is up, my friend. <laughs> like my sons. My sons. <laughs> yeah, he's hilarious. Um there it, it it fucking that last page by itself. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You, Don't get me started. <laughs> that is the last page 
And then you close the book and you go, okay, well, I guess I have to read the rest of this now. Yeah, that's like, literally what, just what happened it is. to me. Yeah, like, it, it, like TMNT grabs you, it, it yanks you in. You know what I mean? It, it grabs you, it yanks you in, it puts you in a sleeper hold. You pass out, and then you just have the best dream you've ever had. <laughs> like, you that's what under- it feels like to read TMNT IDW. You gotta understand, I'm DMing Noxy and posting in the Comics HQ Discord, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, let me tell you something. <laughs> he didn't even. He didn't even fucking. He didn't even let me post the image before he knew. He was like, "You, you, you are describing this scene," and I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" And I posted the image, and then yep. we cried together. It was awesome. Yes. It, it, it was absolutely an amazing experience. Absolutely nutty. Absolutely yeah. nutty. And oh man, just it's so good. And I gotta tell you. Well, actually, let me ask you this. Yeah. What is, what is your favorite moment? In volume one, and what's your favorite moment in volume two? Aside from mm. that that last page. Oh, aside from that last page. Okay, well, I'm going to start with volume. Okay, I guess I'll I guess I'll go in chronological order. Okay, yeah, so yeah. in volume one, um, just off the top of my head, my favorite thing about volume one is the context that we get on why Raphael is the way that he is. His little character journey in the first volume when he meets Casey. And they kind of like do their buddy cop shit, you know what I mean, for a little bit in the streets of New York. Yeah. And then, and then when he finally comes back in this big brawl to meet his brothers, you know, for the first time since mutating, is just like one of the most wholesome moments that you'll ever see in comic books. Especially if you have light experience with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles going into it. Going into volume two, um, the action is is the action in in the secret history of the Foot Clan arc at the end of Volume Two, and of course we're not going to go into too many spoilers still because we're still in the non-spoiler section. But the action really took me um, by surprise because I was not familiar with Matteo Santaluco's art, so this is like the first time where the art really spoke to me and really jumped out at me and said, "This is some of the best art." period that Same. you've seen in comics you know what i mean and mateus santaluco's perspectives like when 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 the turtles and i will say this one part because this is a really drastic action scene and if you can't see it then it's not really too much of a spoiler Dude, if you, you want to go explanation. into spoilers you totally could right now, we yeah. can we can segue from this into spoilers but yeah. i do feel like this isn't too much of a spoiler right because it's 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 them in the turtle van and it's not the turtle van yet it's just april's van you know yeah. what I mean? And they're driving and they're chasing these ninjas. And they have this thing, which I won't say what it is, but they're chasing these ninjas from the Foot Clan trying to get this thing. And the turtles hop out of the van. They jump on the top of the van. The ninjas are jumping on the top of the car that they're chasing. And, you know, they're they're like they're like bumper to bumper. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they're going through this um concaving, you know, um underground tunnel. And Mateus Santaluco captures that perspective beautifully. Raphael jumps up like like Leonardo was like Raphael you need to go fight those ninjas and get that shit back and he's like bet say less jumps off the top of the van and jumps onto the car that they're chasing squares up with the ninja do 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 beats his ass and then you know Karai the the lady ninja that everyone knows from from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles if you don't that's probably the best you know female character in the entire series but she jumps on the top of the car to go square up with Raphael kicks him off the car and as he's falling off the car he throws a shuriken 
that has a tracking chip in it. Oh, so and good. It, and she blocks it with like a suitcase and then throws it back in the car. And then they get back in. Raphael, and they're like, Raphael, you good? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. I got the tracker in there. We're good. Let's just chill. Let's fall back. Let's let them think they lost us. And then they go back to go find them after that because the tracker. And it's like, that's some of the tightest choreography like in the series up until that point. It's so, so It's such a cold-blooded scene. You know what I mean? Which, uh, by the way, Raphael does something like that in the second movie, the second Paramount Michael Bay movie. Oh, nice. He jumps out nice. the back of the van and clotheslines two people on bikes. Let's go! And then knocks out <laughs> one other dude on the bike behind it and then jumps back and goes, all right, we're good. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Going kind of kind of into let's let's just do this because I I can't say my favorite moments without spoiling so right right if you should we just segue into spoilers yeah dude we we should and I will say hopefully that was a good non spoiler segment for anyone who even if you like we're just not expecting this topic at all before you started this episode like hopefully you stayed up until this point. And you have like a good idea of like what makes this series great. If you need any help reading this series at all, holler at me on Twitter at Noxy underscore PM. Holler at me in my Discord. Like literally anywhere. I like I live to help people start Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And either me or Sam will get you together. I promise you. Yeah, no, for real. For real. Really yeah, for real do that. And I've you're gonna hear this when you hear our seasonal first impressions episode this week as a bonus app, so like Ooh. whatever. Um that's this is literally what I've been doing while watching a bunch of new shows for first impressions. So like, mm-hmm. I get to animate out and I just read Ninja Turtles for a little bit, and it just is right. like it's so perfect. It's perfect as like a a break book and a focus book. It's literally it doesn't matter because you're just so enthralled in the universe it every time you read matter. it. It's and, literally got something for every single person who would ever want to pick it up. If you're into comic books, if you're into fiction, if you're into fantasy, if you're into literally any of the genres that the series encompasses or tries to include, it's like it's going to be good for you, period. It's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, for real. And so I was going to say, spoilers, yeah. so stop now <laughs> if you don't want it. Um, yeah. The end of Volume 1 is my favorite Volume 1 moment. Ooh. And because, and let me tell you why. Because number one, the final, like, um, the final, like, battle or final thing uh, the final plot that happens in volume one. And I, I understand that this is just like a, the, the trade, you know? So obviously if you were reading right. it monthly, um, it wouldn't have came off like this, but they, the, yeah. they even are very careful to pick how to end the volumes. So, yes. um, the way that this first like arc introduction arc ends is literally how the first nineties movie ends. Splinter gets captured by, by shredder and they have to go rescue him. And it's oh, the, wow, yeah. It's the first time all four turtles fight Shredder and basically really meet him for the first time. Yeah. And I, I felt like when I was reading it, I could hear, if you've never heard the original soundtrack before to that movie, the song that they use when they're battling Shredder, and they use the same song in the apartment fire scene when uh, April's apartment goes on fire. It's Ooh. a really good song, and I forget who it's composed by, but... Mm. Anyway, the very end of that, they rescue Shredder, and this is the first time April is meeting him. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, God, do you think he'll be? And then right before she can finish, Splinter wakes up and goes, Miss O'Neil. And she goes, Splinter? And her eyes are just, they're not only wide, but they're watery. Oh, yes. 
And she's like, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm happy that you remember me, but why are you crying? And she's <laughs> just like, I just thought I'd never be able to meet you and see you and thank you for saving my life. Oh, my and gosh. Then, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Dude, and then all the turtles are looking at them while she's holding his hands. And Casey's looking, and they're all smiling like, ah, man. <laughs> like, the Raphael reuniting moment was amazing. Yeah. And then they hit you again with this one. Yeah. And then my Fire. favorite in Volume 2 was... I don't even know, man. The History of the Foot Clan. History of the Foot Clan was busting. City made a light. Ooh! Oh, my God, dude. That oh. last page. You know what? I know what <clears throat> it is. It's... So, Casey's dad... Yeah. Um, who gets crazy development, too, by the way. Yes, everybody, everybody, Literally everybody. gets a character arc. Like I said, even the pizza guy. I was talking with my homeboy, Sin, and and I was like, man, everybody gets an arc, bro. Like, this is some of the best character writing that there is in a plot-driven story. Like, it's, it's, it's equal parts character and plot-driven, which is a crazy balance to reach. And, and, and I was telling him about it, and he was like, even the pizza guy? And I and I thought about it for a sec, and I was like, "Yeah, even the, even pizza, the pizza guy, guy gets an arc." <laughs> He's like, "Dude, don't worry, I got you. I got your antipasto for uh, fucking Splinter. Don't worry about it." Well, remember he- because like because like the first time that um you know you get the first Slash arc, right? And then Slash is running around doing crazy shit, and he like runs amok throughout the pizza joint. You know what I mean? And yeah, then, yeah. And then Woody Woody leaves a note, you know, like outside. He's like, "Yo, I'm still gonna keep supplying you pizzas, but like." you people keep bringing crazy drama to my life. Like, I can't fuck with y'all no more. Like, I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry, Donnie. I'm sorry, Raph. I'm sorry, Leo. Even Splinter. I can't fuck with y'all no more because, like, I my life is in danger being your friend. And he leaves yeah. that note out for Mikey. Mikey grabs the pizza. He's crying on the way home. He's like, Woody, don't fuck with us no more. And then later on, Woody develops. He grows. He He changes his stance on that. And he comes back in as a great friend. And you just... It's just an amazing feeling that even... A, a, a character as insignificant as Woody gets growth. He even you know helps I mean? Mikey do like recon work. He's like yes. driving around, make, like under the guise of making deliveries, which he does make some actual deliveries on the on the, you know, on the way. Right. But uh, yeah, at the beginning of that, he's just like, dude, I'm sorry that I I I said that to you, and I'm yes. sorry that it, that I was trifling. And yeah. Mikey was like, dude, fall back. It ain't even like that. It ain't even like that. We good. Quit say playing. say no yeah. more. You know it's what I'm saying? Dap me up. Let me get my pizza. I'll see you next Tuesday. You yeah, know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and extra cheese next time because you didn't put right. out cheese. Right. But, like, my favorite – okay, so here's the thing. So Casey's dad is in the beginning. Um, I won't say what happens to him later, but in the beginning – We're in the spoiler. We're in the spoiler. Oh, oh, oh yeah, first two first two volumes. You yeah, write, first you two volumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the beginning, which I guess this isn't super spoiler because it's literally at the first issue or second issue that you see <laughs> what he yeah. is. But, like – He's uh, a drunk. He, you know, Casey lost his mom. Ever since then, he kind of hit the bottle. He's a, he's a very, he's, the, he's also the kind of dad who's like, wants their kid to be really good at sports. And Casey yes. plays hockey, and he's yes, yeah, wants a vicarious. It a, it's though. a very, um, it's a very relatable, very sympathetic, very, um, I don't want to say trite, but it is used kind of a lot. Where you have a character who grows up in a slum kind of area with a shitty dad who beats him for some kind of reason that you kind of agree with but obviously at the end of the day you can't 
You know what I mean? Like, obviously, Casey's dad was going through a lot with the death of his wife and, and everything. And he goes, you know, he leans into alcoholism. So we all know how that can change people. So there's a lot of relatability in that area. But at the end of the day, he's still beating his kids. So you're like, fuck this guy. That's very yeah. common. You know what I mean? Like, you see that dynamic a lot in fiction. You know what I mean? Because it's so real world. Yes. But the direction they take Casey's dad beyond that is something would again that i was just not expecting inside of teenage mutant ninja turtles you they establish things that are familiar and then you go okay i know what to expect from this because it's familiar and it's teenage mutant ninja turtles they're not gonna they're not gonna go too far out of the way to, to you know to subvert expectations oh no 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 <laughs> no no oh, no and oh, no they, they zag they zag very often where you think it's gonna zig yeah by the way and i and before i finish my my yeah. thing, I want to expand yeah. on Noxie's point here. You're let me just remind all of you, you're reading you're literally reading a book about mutant turtles. That's right. And it gets really real. Oh yeah. I had, I had a moment today where I was reading in volume eight, which I won't say what it is, but like sure. Mikey and Raph were talking. Brother to brother. Yep. And I had a moment where I was like, Man, my brother's hmm. I would still I would still literally kill anyone who would hurt him or take him away. There it is. Me. I literally would. There and it is. I, that it made me have a lot of thought. So like, yes. before you say anything, it's like, oh, it's the fucking turtles and Splinter and <laughs> Bebop and Rocksteady and Mutagen Man, whatever. Yeah, it gets it gets too real. It gets and too like, real almost sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and just just to just to cut in for a second, you know what I mean? Because it's like when you are thinking about the way that it is so different from what you were expecting, you remember that it's like these this creative team understands these characters so well and even though they're teenage mutant ninja turtles uh, you know a, a monster you know of a cast that you know doesn't really have too much to do with us as humans still can be very human all of the time like like pretty much all the time but they're still turtles at the end of the day too they do a great there's like what i was saying there's that calming balance throughout the series where it's like okay i relate to these characters in these moments, but then they also do a really good job of not overhumanizing them and reminding you that they are still different from us. And they embrace that difference and they understand that difference. They're not trying to be human. They understand that there's human qualities to them now that they've achieved this level of sentience, but they are still turtles at the end of the day and they lean into that too. It's fire. Which I relate to, relate in my own way. Absolutely. Too, which oh is, my God, you I don't think you're going that to. Before. Yeah. It fucking it's fucking crazy. It's oh, fucking nuts. Whoa, that's amazing. I yeah, love you feel that me? You. Like Yes. And and I just I like I'll tell you what, like me and my brother have been bitches to each other most of our lives, but I'll sure. fucking I'll literally fucking slice your neck. Like if you fuck with Ride me. or die. You gotta Dude, you have that's to. blood. Yeah. And yeah. I just fucking it's amazing. So like yeah. which makes this this is the, which makes the reason why this is my favorite part in season, in the, the, the volume two was Yes. So Casey comes to the lair battered and he doesn't fight back against his dad because he promised his mom that he would take care of his dad. Yes. And Raph goes nuts because yeah. that's his best friend. Oh, yeah. And he was like, "You, he did it again. Fuck that. I'm going to go end it right now. That's yep. enough. Uh, yep. I've had enough. That's the and, straw that broke the camel's back. And Splinter goes after him and says, okay, you guys stay here. Take care of Casey. I'm going to go get your brother. So then um, they're fighting. And Raph gets there first. Raph gets kicks, there first. He kicks the door and beats the brakes off of Casey's dad. He <laughs> literally beats the seven shades of shit out of him. <laughs> and he's on the ground. And and Splinter shows up and is like, listen, 
Let's let's talk for a minute, okay? And then, um, you know, they sort it out, and it's like, okay, well, you know, what are we gonna do? And he's like, Casey will stay with us. Yep. And Raph was like, for real? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Dead ass. <laughs> he's like, Say at this less, po- pops. <laughs> he's like, at, at this point, he's family. That's all that yeah. matters. Right. And so. Right as they're walking, he's like, "Go get Casey's stuff," and I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell this guy to shut the fuck up real quick. <laughs> so then Raphael packs like a just a real like a, a garbage bag of all his stuff and yeah. clothes, and then as they're walking out, of course, being the drunk jackass he is, he goes, "Yeah, that's right, you better leave, whatever. Uh... What kind of monsters are you anyways?" So then Splinter <laughs> turns around and goes, "You ask what kind of monsters we are. What kind of man are you?" Ooh. And it's like, bro, <sighs> bodied bodied there's there first of all there go your knees and then there goes your ego like <laughs> you yes. two time and bitch like it's so good oh i love them oh i love the whole love cast them, oh i love the whole series mm. so good it's so, so good. fire it's so fire yeah i i so you're so ever since you finished yeah you've been running it up running it up with everyone yeah, I'm month and, to month now, or, or or you know whatever. I'm current. I'm caught up in the series, and I, I confidently say, along with pretty much everyone else who's caught up with me, that this is the best ongoing comic that any of us are reading. And it's it's hard to believe. I bet if you haven't jumped into it, you know what I mean. And if you're still here, despite spoilers, like I'm telling you right now, like I read a lot of comic books, man. You know what I mean. Like me and Sam. We out here. We in the trenches. You know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm literally about to like re- restart Deadly Class and yes, like I got to start from the beginning, which I hadn't. I haven't even Deadly seen Class the show. incredible too. I'd probably put Deadly Class second in my ongoing Western oh, really? series right now. Yeah, Deadly Class is phenomenal, and we could have, we could do an episode about that too if you want in the future. Whenever you, whenever you, uh, whenever you do that shit for real. But like, mm. yeah, I got Deadly Class at number two right now. Damn, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I I just I'm trying to remember I'm trying to think of the last time I was having this much fun. Yeah. Reading reading a, a western comic and I think it's been it a was while. I think it was Kick-Ass 3. Okay. And because I still haven't started the new Kick-Ass, the mm-hmm. um the new one with the with the lady, the veteran sure. lady. I'm I'm not I'm not familiar with Kick Ass. I never like legitimately read it. I've only seen the movies. But okay, I, know that. I won't I won't tell you I how it that, ends. Well, I know that Mark Miller was like going crazy in that series, and I know that there was a reason why it was adapted. My my good buddy Kichi, that you might know from the comics HQ, is a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, big Deadly Class fan, um, but like massive Kick Ass fan at the same time. Oh, okay, time. sick. You get along with him well. Yeah, he he's the one you want to talk to about 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 uh, about Kick Ass for sure. Um, yeah, he was going nuts. It was it was kind of nuts. Yeah. And the end of Kick Ass Three, I won't say, but like sure. I was kind of like, well, that was kind of wild, <laughs> like you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. Um, but like, the, um, th- there are some there's some things that Millar writes that are kind of like they get really dark in terms of like, because the whole point of Kick Ass is like, dude, this is not a comic book. This is real life. Like you can't be yeah. doing. If you do shit like this in real life, you're actually psychotic, right? Right, right. And that's what the villains were doing, like, towards in the second one and in the third one. Mark Miller can get really dark. He's really good at dark twists. Yeah. That's why Nemesis. That's why I love Nemesis, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, yeah, I think it was Kick-Ass 3 for sure. It was Deadly Class and Kick-Ass 3. 
And then I stopped buying comics. Uh, I just had to. I think I think I had to save money, and I just kind of forgot yeah, about it. For sure. But for I, sure. I was going through a box of comics that Trisha found in the closet the other day because yeah. we were cleaning out shit and we're trying to get rid of a bunch of shit. Right. And then uh, I forgot. I have like de- I have like Deadly Class number one through like eight, one through seven. Ooh. I have I have I have, I have a Harley Quinn number one from the New Fifty Two. Um, oh, nice! I can't remember who. Uh... Can't remember who's writing Harley. Uh, it's Suicide Squad, isn't it? It's not a. So- is it a solo from New Fifty Two? Did Harley Quinn have a solo in the New Fifty Two? She did. Yeah. She like. Oh wow. Okay. She leaves the Joker. Or That's another might- one that Kichi. Kichi will be a great. Kichi is a Harley Stan. You yeah, and Kichi dude. would be best fucking friends. Oh my god. <laughs> Shout out to Kichi. Have to say it real quick. Shout out to my guy Kichi, man. Shout out to right. Kichi. Let's go. Dude. Yes. 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 Dude. Yeah. Harley. She leaves. She moves. And she tries to get an apartment, and she's like, okay, well, I guess I have to be a fucking doctor again, so let's just fucking do that. So she gets, <laughs> like, a position as a therapist again, which is hilarious. And then she's just literally... the girl she's back is on her Harleen Quinzel arc. Yeah, she's literally <laughs> just trying to live her life, and people keep fucking with her, dude. It's so, yeah. like, you get annoyed for her, but then you kind of start questioning, like, okay, she's kind of bringing some of this on herself, because, like, She's got, like, this sense of, like, uh, radical justice where it's, like, okay, don't fuck with the, don't, like, if it's one thing I hate, it's bullies, which is, like, what rap says, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So Harley kind of feels the need to, like, inject herself and kind of fuck with people because they're bullies. But anyway, fucking Harley Quinn tangent. I'll just tell you this right now. Um, I'm, I'm not even, there's 13 trades out right now, 13 volumes of this. Mm -hmm. And I'm on... I'm on the very first part of uh, Volume 8, which is uh, the micro-series called Bebop and Rocksteady Destroy Everything. And I won't yeah. fucking say what it is. It's it's not exactly... The word destroy is used very broad here, we'll just say. <laughs> but, like, it's... it's I can't believe it. Like, I just... Yeah. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. After we're done recording, you know, I'm going to s- render audio and do whatever. I'm While yeah. it's rendering, I'm going to be reading this. It's just... I don't want it to end, and I know it's going to end at some point. I didn't think I would get this far this quick, but yeah, nobody does. Nobody does. And then you fucking... <laughs> like, yeah, I'll read this casually. You know what I mean? It's pretty daunting. There's like 119 issues, and that's just the main run. There's probably like you know just as many you know side stories and whatnot. So it's a it's a, it's a chunky read. But once you get past a certain point, you're like, oh no, this is all I'm doing in my free time until I'm caught up. And then it gets to a point where you get closer to being caught up, and you're like, I don't want to be caught up. It's like One Piece. Everyone's like, I don't want to start One Piece. It's a thousand chapters. It's, you know what I mean? And they say whatever. And then, you know, you get past Arlong Park, or you get past a certain arc, and you're here forever. And you're mad when you when you catch up. That's why I've never understood the the daunting criticism. Like, it's it's too hard to get into, or it's too um, intimidating to get into, because it's like, okay, well, just don't think of it as you know, a thousand chapters. Just don't think of it as 500 issues. Just don't think of it as whatever. Think of it as like, you know, what's the farthest you've ever gotten in something? What's the most you've ever seen it? Would you watch Naruto? That's like 700 fucking episodes. Okay. Treat it like it's 700 episodes instead of a thousand. You know what I mean? And then, and then, you know, once you get past a certain point, you're here forever. You know what I mean? Actually, that's exactly true. And I was trying not to compare it to like reading manga, but like it is though. It it actually it absolutely is. It's yeah. just we get it Teenage monthly. Teenage Turtles is a lot to look at when you're brand new. You're look you're going you're looking at that shit and you're like, man, there's a lot here. But right. it's great the whole time. I feel like the pe- I feel like the issue people have is that they they have FOMO. 
You know what I mean? They're like, I want to be caught up. I want to be in the current discussion. I want to be in the week to week. I want to be in the month to month. And they think that it's only going to be good once they're current or once they're caught up or something. It's like, no, it's good the whole time. No, You're going to have a great absolutely time. Is. It absolutely yeah. Is. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I, I, I'll say it. I'll say it just because yeah. if I think about it when I'm talking about manga, you know, of course we get things monthly as they get things weekly and monthly. Right. Right. But like, the the last time I had this much fun reading a comic was a couple weeks ago. I got caught up on Undead Unluck. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, <laughs> and also I started Nehru and Red Hood. By the way, uh, oh nice! How are you liking those, dude? It's <laughs> Nehru's so good. Like I, okay, so I read the first issue of Nehru, or I read the first chapter of Nehru, and I read the first like two chapters of Red Hood. I haven't been back since, not because they're bad or anything, but just because you know how like yeah. well one I'm busy and two like we know how Weekly Shonen Jump kind of goes with things. If I read the first chapter or the first couple of chapters or something, and it doesn't like jump out and fucking grab me and like pull me in, then I'm gonna like let it cook and I'm gonna let it build and I'm gonna see if Weekly Shonen Jump. Let the let it. the seasoning get in there. Let the ginger well, right. get in there. Yeah, yeah. well, be, and and a lot of it is because like I don't want to get too invested with a series that Weekly Shonen Jump is just going to arbitrarily axe or cancel you know for whatever reasons that they have you know what i mean and now True. if now 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 before that point you know if someone wants to come to me and go Knox, no you need to read this right now and it's a credible source then all right i'm back in the series but if i don't get that like really potent recommendation you know then i will wait i, I i'm kind of in a mood now where i kind of want to wait to see if it gets axed before i spend that much time with something sure because sure. like phantom seer got axed for no reason you know what i mean and i was reviewing that weekly and I just don't want to go through that again. We've right. had two series on our on our shows that have been axed now. Um, right. Elu- um, uh, not Elusive Samurai, but uh, Samurai 8 Samurai from 8, Kishimoto got axed. And now Phantom Series has been axed. So I'm at a point now where I'm just like, okay, like I, I'm just going to chill if it didn't re- jump out and grab me. And I'm going to wait until like one of my like really good friends says, no, you need to go back to it. Or once it gets past like chapter 40 or 50 and I know that it's staying forever – then I'll go jump back into it. So that's right. kind of where I'm at with manga. Right. And it's it's another yeah. reason it's another reason too, like why there's there's oftentimes Noxie gets questions like, why don't you cover this, 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 this and this? And it's like right. I can't just put that on. Like you don't understand. Right. Like I can't just... <laughs> it don't work like that. No, it's yeah. Saying, yeah, there's a structure here. <laughs> right, right. There's a so, yeah, there's a there's a formula. There's a process. You gotta trust uh, it. Uh yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. oh but yeah, like honestly, yeah, reading Tokyo Revengers and reading Undead Unlock is the same I'm getting the same feeling. Undead like, Luck is incredible. This is another slept on series that I need everyone to read. If my word and Sam's mer- word mean anything to you, Undead Unluck looks like you know everything that it's about when you first start reading it, especially with that first chapter, because the first chapter is very polarizing. It has a very um, intense, hot button um, subject inside of it that a lot of people, including myself, originally dropped the series for right at chapter one because i was like nope i'm good on this this is stupid and they're playing into like really weird ideas that i don't relate to and then i dropped it and then what 15 20 23 maybe 30 chapters max into the series someone's like oh no 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 you gotta go back and do this again and get to like chapter 10 i think it was nickums on my show was like Read to chapter ten. Then our good buddy Yato Gami on on Twitter, very Yato's, close friend of mine Yato's at this goated, point. The Yato's way. the goat was like, "Yep, he's like number one advocate for Undead Unluck that I know." 
He's like, nope, go back and try it again. And I'm like, okay, enough people have told me that my initial criticism of the first chapter does not exist beyond that. So I was like, okay, and what do you know? It's just not a thing anymore. I don't know why they promoted it the way that they did and why that was such a big thing in the first chapter, but it's like night and day past that, and it just becomes one of the best series in Jump after about chapter 9 and 10, in my it opinion. It absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. It's... The power system in it is... Fire. Oh my god, dude. Fire. <laughs> Jeez. Such unexpected fire. Like, you get Hunter Hunter vibes in so many points in the series if you're a big hunter hunter fan read undead unluck for that if you're not a big hunter hunter fan there's an incredible romance element in it contrary to popular belief um consider especially considering the first chapter there is just an amazing world 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 building element to it that um you just don't expect it's just like a very unique series in pretty much every way and the main characters are wolverine and rogue if you're an x-men fan <laughs> Oh my god, dude! Yeah. Absolutely. This is yeah. now a weekly Shonen Jump podcast. Or <laughs> you, know, you know, hey, if it's comics and weekly Shonen Jump, I I'm so interchangeable in those. Let's areas. do it. Like, Let's I'm do always it. Yeah, in dude. my bag. You know what I mean for those. So, I, and I got to tell you this too. Like I've had every time, and I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm fucking good at what I do. Every time I have a guest on, I always get comments. It doesn't matter if it's the same person or different people every week. They're always like, dude, can we hear more of Noxie? Can we hear more of uh, Mario? Can we hear more <laughs> of, uh, you know, and they love my cousin Mario. Like, they fucking Hell yeah. Yeah. Dude, can we get more, uh, more Nickelodeon? Weebology. You know? Yeah. Can we get more, get more Weebology, dude? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I, I, me and Noxie, look, me and Noxie... We just get really busy, all right? So, like, <laughs> like you know, we, we, we go back like a Cadillac with four flats, and we come yeah. together like Voltron. You know what I'm saying? Both yeah. of our teams, you know, Anime Summit and Project Manga, we're all, like, we're all close at this point. We've yeah. been fucking with each other for a while. It's always going to be a good time. So I'll tell you what. If you start TMNT because of this pod, and you want to hear me and Noxie talk about it again when you're caught up, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tack on it. I'm gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna put like, I'm gonna put like, here's like this right now. First of all, I got a little cork board right next to me. Okay. Ooh. We're gonna put two tacks. That's Noxie and me who read TMNT, right? Yep. Every time I add a tack, it's someone I got into that we got into TMNT because of this episode. Yes. And when that gets to five or six or maybe seven, we'll we'll do another one going up to like volume four or five or something. Lovely. Or we'll just like cover like City Fall in Northampton and yeah, or something like that. Something but, like that. Beautiful. But, I love the idea. But yeah, if you want to, dude, if you want to talk about Deadly Class, I'm about to. <laughs> After I'm caught up with this and and uh, the rest of uh, the manga I'm reading, yeah, I'm for gonna sure. start Deadly Class, restart Deadly Class again. How many? Let me know. Is, is Deadly Class is uh, how many issues are out right now? Forty-seven issues monthly, ongoing. Oh really? Mm-hmm. It started forever ago, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there was, a, there was a pretty drastic hiatus for it. I don't know how long it was because I started reading after the return was confirmed. So it oh. was on hiatus for however long. You might want to ask Kichi how long it was on hiatus. Or you can okay. just Google it, obviously, because we have the totality of human knowledge in the palm of our hands. But right. 
if you know when I was reading it, when I started reading it, um, you know, Kichi put me onto it, and he's like, "This is incredible. You'd love it." Boop 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 boop. And I was like, "What's going on with it? Is it ongoing?" He was like, "Yeah, it was just on a crazy hiatus, but it's coming back, and the new issue comes out, you know, in a couple weeks or whatever." And I was like, "All right, well, great time to start it." And then I started it, and by the time I caught up, the most recent chapter came out that following Wednesday, right on time. And yeah, so beautiful, beautiful series. I remember it being really fucking cool, and also the main character is like Latino, so like I'm a mom. Yeah, about that, absolutely. You know? I can give a quick, I can give a quick non-spoiler synopsis for it because it's tight. Because the main character Marcus is like this. Yeah, the main character Marcus is like this homeless cat. He's like this young, like I think he's 14 maybe, or or, or something like that. When the series starts, and he's like down on his luck. He's con- he's contemplating, you know, very dark things. You know what I mean? He's he's just a homeless dude who's basically been shot on his entire life. At the peak of his depression, he's approached by an old Asian man that says, like, hey, your life looks like it kind of sucks. Do you want it to, like, not suck anymore? And he's like, well, what do you mean, old man? And he's like, well, there's a system that put you here, right? You know what I mean? Capitalism, whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, pol- political stuff, relatable mm-hmm. political stuff. This takes place in, like, the late 80s and when the series starts. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's Reagan stuff. You know what I mean? And, 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 and he's like, there's a system that puts you here. Do you want to fight back against that system? Because I have an entire league of assassins that I train from scratch to fight back against the very system that put you in this position. Take my hand, come to King's Dominion, and I'll train you to be a cold-blooded assassin. And that's how the series starts. It's so tight! And the main character's motivation is like, I got you. I will join you if you make me tight enough to kill Ronald Reagan. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I will fuck with you if you promise me you will give me the skills to kill this president. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm here forever. Dude, <laughs> I totally forgot that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, dude. Uh, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. There's a TV show which I haven't seen, but the so the Mark Miller's Wanted, right? The yeah. the the movie that they adapted it from with Angelina Jolie and uh, James McAvoy. Yep. Is is a very different. It's a whole different kind of thing. That's what I heard. Yeah. The plot of the movie of the movie version of Wanted. Yeah. Is what. Deadly Class does it better. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. Hey, you want to know what? Um, yes, I've seen the movie for Wanted. Deadly Class feels like a fully realized comic book version of it. Yes. Um, I've never read um, Mark Miller's or Mark Millar. I'm not entirely sure exactly how to pronounce it. I know he's Scottish, so it's probably Mark. He's Millar. from Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, him and Grant Morrison are like best friends. I love them. I love them. But um. Or maybe they were best friends at one point. I don't know where they're at now. But anyway, I love Grant Morrison, love Mark Millar, but I'm only familiar with Mark Millar inside of superhero comics for, like, inside of, like, the big two, mainly Marvel. So I've never read any of his indie stuff. You know what I mean? But I know that he did Wanted. I know that he did Kick-Ass. And I've gotten, like, drastic recommendations from my good buddy Kichi once again and now Sam to read Kick-Ass. So I think also it's time to jump Also read Superior and Nemesis. Read Superior and Nemesis. Superior and Nemesis. Okay. So 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 good. So I'm glad that you're not saying, like, Jupiter's Ascending because I know that that just got an adaptation and people said that shit was buns. And I know it's that that's right. Mark Millar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I think Starlight that might be a rare good. fumble from him. Yeah. Oh, and MPH. Read MPH, too. Neil Patrick Harris? I'm just no, kidding. No, MPH. <laughs> Dude, he, he, I love that to... guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was great in White Castle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and in uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, dude, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. yeah. Um. But, okay, so MPH, what's that? Dude, okay, it's this guy. 
he gets a bottle of pills. Yeah. And you you eat one or you take one and you become the Flash. Like not literally, but you get that power, hypersonic speed. Yo. So he starts doing shit like, "Well, okay, well, let me try and rob a bank real quick." <laughs> and they just then he tells one person and then they're like, well, "Let me get in on it." And they're like, "Okay, well, I only got so many, like fuck off, like, you know." <laughs> and then it becomes like it starts becoming a problem. It just unravels from there. It's just it's nuts. Wow. Yeah, and um, Superior is good. It's only like five issues, and Nemesis is only four issues. So like, they're yeah. you can get them. It's Real just quick. one book. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, I really wish they would adapt. They said they were going to adapt Nemesis and Superior, and they were optioned by Twentieth Century Fox, but it never happened. Mm. Mm. Um, but Nemesis is actually super like. There's a part in it that's really gross, and so like oh. I don't know if. They so would... content warning, trigger warning. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah. So like, yeah, but like it's it's still like it's really good. It's the and the. I'll tell you what. I'll just say this about Nemesis: rich people are fucked up. Like they're more yeah. fucked up than you think they are, and this comic tells you why. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, dude. Like, oh god, now I feel like. I gotta, you know what? I'm, I think I'm gonna have to just catch up on all my manga and then just read Western comics for like the next month here because let like me know, I'm fucking, let me know. You know what I'm, I'm going nutty. Let me let me know when you. Uh, I mean, like especially inside of the indie stuff, you know what I mean. And I've been arguing with people on Twitter about um, right recently about how hard it is to get into Western comics. So if you're like a manga or an anime fan and you've made it to this far in the um, in the episode. Getting started with Western comics does not have to be as hard as, you know, the overall kind of consensus um, outside of comic book readers, you know, seems to um, seems to think, you know what I mean? Like, because you hear things your whole life about how there's a million writers for every character. There's so many retcons and there's all of these universes and continuities. And that's all. true. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. all true. That is all true. Th th that's something that you just can't escape from inside of western publication lines like marvel and dc because they want everlasting myth they want mythologies you know what i mean they want long running you know um universal stories you know what i mean so like you have to deal with that because dc is like almost 100 years old you think it's gonna be one writer on superman the whole time for 100 years well yeah no. why do you think Siegel they and schuster new... are both dead you know what i mean <laughs> so bob kane is dead you know what i mean yeah. so it's like so so like what can you do just stop writing Batman? No. It's you not like manga, it. and you need to just understand that superhero comics do not behave like manga. That's the first thing you need to understand. Now that you know that, and now that you've kind of um, jumped over that hurdle or that barrier, you will have an incredible time. Because one, we're in the age of information. All of that, like, different continuities, different writers, confusing plot lines, retcons, all of that stuff goes out the window with, with, with the internet. Because you can easily Google search reading order for whatever character you want. It's you literally I mean? out there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. out there. And, e and even if you don't want to like put in the effort to get into Western comics, because I do understand that it is very daunting, even though there's a through line there, you can read all of these stories in order if you want to. And it's just like starting anything new. If you, if you are interested enough, you will put in the effort to become knowledgeable in that field. You will you know make what a I dive. Mean? Period. Period. It's like starting literally anything new. So if you don't want to put in that effort, then just read indies. They behave the exact same way as manga. It's one issue, one to whatever. 
you know, unless you're going into an expanded universe like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which, of course, there is collected versions of the material that put everything in chronological order for you. Yep. So all of those complaints just go out the window at this at this point in time. You know what I mean? Ever since 2005 or 2010 at the latest, we have had very easily accessible Western comics that completely shit on the idea that it's too complicated to get into. So if you need help, holler at me or Sam, join the Comics HQ. Anybody in there, my good buddy Retro, anybody will, will be able to help you. My good buddy Bariqua Mihawk. These are all incredible people inside of that community that live to get people started on comics that think it's too hard. So yeah, we're letting you if, know it's not as hard as you think. Holler at us if you need help. That's all I'll say. Yeah. And I'll just say this too. Like, um, shit, what was I going to say? Fucking, oh, like, I felt the same way. Like, so when I started getting into Hero Clicks, I wasn't reading comics. Sure. Um, I just wanted a new game to learn how to play. So, yeah. um, you know, I knew what I knew, but right. obviously when I was buying boosters, I would get, you know, 50 to 70% of my booster pack that I would open. I wouldn't know who the characters were, you know, right. like, um, and so I started reading comics because I wanted to know, like, and, and I was fine jumping, right? Like, look, the first hero clicks tournament I ever did yeah. was an event for civil war because ah. it was, it, it was going on at the time. Like 2006 to 2000 and what? Like eight or nine, I think, yep. is, is when that was going on. Yep. Yeah. And um, I think, like, the last issue, the or issue seven and the last two issues sure. were about to come out. So they wanted to do this event. Yeah. And so basically the way you had to build your team was it either had to have Cap or Iron Man in it. It couldn't have both. So, like, and then you brought your team to to do the tournament yeah and so um i went back and read civil war because i was like i want to know what this is all about because there, there's a whole fucking hero clicks event on this bitch right 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 there and were some things is in massive there. there's hella tie-ins for it like there's the main series or whatever but there's hella tie-ins for it too so yeah like I, yep and, I, I, and every comic yeah. is labeled so it'll be like right. an issue of wolverine and it'll say civil war at the bottom absolutely so i i recommend just first and foremost before you continue if you are going to read the civil war event and you need help obviously holler at me but if not make sure you read like the entire event with all the tie-ins because that really gives you context to everything else that's going on especially inside of like the frontline tie-in series where it shows like you know what the ground level of the civil war looks like for regular people which is an amazing perspective that makes a lot of shit make a lot of sense you know what i mean so like a lot of people don't like the civil war event for one reason or another you know what i mean and a lot of it is nitpicky from what i've seen but at the end of the day a lot of the complaints come from people who like only read the event and not the tie-ins so yeah so that was that was what i was gonna say was yeah there was a lot of things i didn't understand there was a, there was a few right. things i like didn't get like oh why is this character doing this now mm -hmm. i would just go on the internet or i would go find the comic and read it yeah online or otherwise on the store whatever boom so and there's apps now okay there's fucking marvel there's apps, apps and dc apps, comicsology like, you know what yeah. i mean like if you're really down bad there are ways to read comics online for free i'm not going to tell you where but I'm just saying, you know what I mean? We got the internet in the palm of our hands. So. You know you know what I know what I know what you know. Right. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, and that was, I mean, let me tell you this. That was the first time I was introduced to Mark Miller and Steve McNiven as a duo. And yeah. they did Nemesis. So, like, mm. yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, 
<laughs> you should just read TMNT 1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, read the IDW collection of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Specifically, it has to say the IDW collection. Like, if you, if you go anywhere and you try to read it on Comixology or wherever you're going to read it, and you type in TMNT or you type in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you'll get a couple options. It'll say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mirage, Archie, IDW publishing, all of that stuff doesn't matter. It needs to say the IDW collection because those are the compendiums that bake the side stories and organically weave them in chronological order into the compendium for you so that you can get the entire story from front to back the way you're supposed to read it. You don't have to worry about confusing anything. It's all there for you. Yeah, and I I was wondering why Noxie was telling me that. Yeah. And then, and then he was like, because it has little micro stories in it. And I'm right. like... I don't want to read those. Like those are dumb. Yes, you do. Everyone says like, that. Everyone says that. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. See, this is this is the thing is that like when I was reading the IDW collection for the first time, I got to spin-offs and micro series and I was like, do I really need all of these? You know what I mean? And if it's in the IDW collection, you absolutely do need it because no matter how arbitrary you think the 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 micro series that you're reading at a time is or the spin-off series that you're reading at a time is, it all eventually is called back to you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to be reading a mainline issue and then see, you know, have a confusing line of dialogue where you're like, I have no idea what they're referencing or what they're talking about. And then you get a, a narration, a yellow narration square that says, peep the, the, the Bebop and Rocksteady micro to know what this is talking about. And it's like, well, what the fuck? You don't want to be there. You know what I mean? You want to understand everything that's happening at all times. And there were times where I was reading micros and spinoffs and tie-ins where I was like, oh my god, can I just get through this and get back to the main story? And then by the end of the spinoff, or by the end of the micro-series, I'm like, okay, I loved this, first of all. And two, I have a better understanding of this world now, because I didn't think that it was going to be this canon. So it all makes sense eventually, even in times where you think it's going to be bad, just stick with it, and you'll be like, oh no, that was actually really good, I'm stupid. <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly what happened yeah. to me. I was like, okay, yes, well, I'm a fucking yeah, yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> exactly. I thought I could predict the series. I thought because I have this huge wealth of Western comic book and manga experience and story t- fictional storytelling experience. I was like, I know what they're going to do here. I know what they're going to do there. I was, a, I was a douche about it. And then, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles humbled me. It humbled the fuck out of me. You know what I mean? In that way. Uh, please read the IDW collection of TMNT, Volume 1 and 2. After yes. you read those first two volumes... Holla at both of us. Yes. Let us know. And then please. I please if I let you down, then I will commit Sudoku on my face. Okay, no problem. Not Sudoku. <laughs> <laughs> I will commit Sudoku on my face. You will see a nine by nine, you know, <laughs> tic tac toe board. Nine filled by filled with numbers. Numbers, I'll put in a nine. Or maybe it's three by three. I can't. Is it, I, I, I don't math. Whatever. Is yeah. It's like it's like it's like twenty five or something. I don't. I can't know. remember what it is. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't do good in school. Anyway, Not a numbers guy. That's why we have people like Kiko. That's why we have Kiko. Yeah. Yeah. I miss Kiko. <laughs> Me too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Just got real sad. <laughs> no, but no. Seriously. Yeah. Read it. Come back and then be like, "Wow, Simon Noxie, you're absolutely right about everything all the time." And I'm Love gonna be to like, it. "Yeah, I f- we fucking know." Of course we know. We knew the whole time. We knew, the- we knew we knew we knew back in the first volume when you said this isn't really hidden for me. We knew back in the second volume maybe when you said this isn't really hidden for me yet. But once you get to that secret history of the Foot Clan, if you're still not really feeling it, 
we got we got to have a conversation about some things. Then we'll have to talk. Yeah. <laughs> in person. Yeah. Yeah. But if you make it to volume three, oh my god, you are in for some shit. It is a sight to behold inside of comic books. Let me tell you. Agree. Agree. Yeah. So yes, please do that. Noxie, thanks for joining me. Y'all know where you can follow Noxie, dude. <laughs> Project Manga me. OFC yeah. at on Twitter. Yep. Noxie underscore PM on Twitter. Yep. Uh dude, and Comics HQ. I won't put a, a link to the Discord in this episode description because it might expire. Sure. Um but like I can, just, give, you, I can give you the infinite one too. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Then I'll mm-hmm. put that in the episode mm-hmm. description. There yeah. it is. Otherwise, and if you're listening to it on disc and you want to talk to me, just hit me up on Discord and I'll give it to you too. Um, but like, honestly, it's it's gonna be lit. Like, it, it's I'm I can't wait to like finish reading. Yeah, I, it's gonna be crazy. So please, oh, please <laughs> you're only on volume eight. You got like yeah. four more volumes after that, and like yes. like I said, it's just continually increasing quality. You know what I mean? It's, like it, it hasn't it doesn't like, stagnate. It doesn't plateau. It just keeps getting better and better until you're caught up. Period. It hasn't. It had literally is better every arc as it yes. goes along. It's yes. nuts. Yes. So yes, please read it. Please read it, and also follow Noxy. And you want to hear more Noxy? You let me know, and I'll make sure I'll drag his ass back over here. <laughs> we can do it up and stuff. We got more things coming. We yeah. got more things coming. I won't tell you what it is because <laughs> I'm I'm fucking Miss Claus, and I don't want to fucking tell you. I'm gonna give it a little gift, a little some some Christmas in <laughs> July type shit. So yeah. well, it's August now, right? Shit. Okay, whatever. You know what it is. You know what it, you know what I meant. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Noxie, again. Absolutely. Fucking love you, brother Nox. You're the love best. You too, sister. Seriously. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. And so I've been Sam. That's been Noxie from Project mm-hmm. Manga and 